0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocchio. and I'm pretty weirded out by this week's of news, mostly because everyone won't shut up about one particular player. But we'll get to that, because I'm sure there's plenty to discuss, because he is a media circus, and I'm sure you already know who I'm talking about. With me, as always, is the most likely person to crop dust an elevator, Sam Grezis. You're talking about
1: uh, Cody Kessler,
0: right? Of course.
1: Okay, cool. I, I, I just, I, I don't want to s- steal your thunder at all. I just like, you, you kind of, I'm, I'm in a uh, little every, bit of Everybody knew
0: this was happening. It's, Cody Kessler is now on the Jaguars. He yeah. was traded to the Jaguars. Yes. By the Browns. Yes. It's for the, comp- it's a conditional seventh round pick uh next year this is huge this is mind like this changes everything mm-hmm. on the Jaguars what like what what does this do to Bortles I really where does you, this put Bortles
1: I was gonna say you, you you lead your team to a a finish up far above and beyond what anyone expected of you in the season and then they come in and do you like this they you I, your
0: team trades for Cody Kessler I mean like what kind of faith Are you showing in Bortles that you're trading for a Browns backup? Yeah. Like like this, this is so damning. If I was Bortles, I would want out. I would wish I could take back that signature on the deal he just recently signed because Mm -hmm. another team has got to be treating him better than this. You don't want to sign a deal like that and take less money so that you can help the team only for the team to go around and backstab you i mean by trading for cody kessler here's
1: the thing the the old the old adage still holds today you sign the kessler and you get a
0: messler i mean considering the browns history over the past two years this <laughs> pretty much guarantees the jaguars win one game
1: yeah <laughs> so
0: like bortles can't guarantee a win like no. come on no this yeah. is insane yep yep Uh, i don't know what tom coughlin's doing down there but so far it appears to be working mm -hmm. so i'm i'm pretty interested to see what cody kessler can do in the jaguars run first offense it's it's going to be a change they're obviously going to have to throw more now because you you can't waste cody kessler's yeah
1: yeah so and and the other thing is we we had other big news i don't know if you um if you were going to get to this later too but drew stanton Signing with a new team as well this week.
0: Drew Stanton also is no longer on the Cardinals, Mm -hmm. which is weird because I feel like he will be forever linked in that one fantastic moment of internet gif history. Yes. Where he's celebrating the Cardinals doing the long touchdown and he's gesticulating wildly and it's absolutely wonderful. Mm Mm-hmm. For the sake of continuing the joke, can you remind me where he oh, went? Oh yeah,
1: he's on the Browns now. The Browns replaced Cody Kessler with Drew Stanton, which
0: I don't know if that's an upgrade.
1: Neither do I.
0: I mean the and, Browns and literally... want to, the Browns wanna rebuild here, but they get rid of Cody Kessler. Like I don't I don't see the logic there. Like we always joke that the Browns are stupid mm-hmm. and they don't know what they're doing. And all that stuff. But this is a, a situation where you're still like, what well, this, like, why? Why would you give up Kessler was for just say, a conditional seventh? Yeah, why? Like, come like on.
1: What, what's the, did, did you, like, so I think what they ended up doing, the way the deals all shook out, and this is like, this is beyond the bit now. This is, you brought up something that actually has me kind of intrigued. I think that the Cardinals released Drew Stanton, and then the Browns picked him up. So at the end of the day, the Browns are like up a seventh rounder. But at the same time, that seems like a lot of. It's still not worth Cody to. Kessler. It's one. It's not See, worth like, Cody Kessler too. Like, he, don't you have some like a Netflix show to catch up on? Like, yeah. I, wouldn't you rather be doing anything else with your time other than shuffling around? Cody Kessler and Drew Stanton?
0: You know what this is? Are they gonna make an offer for like Nathan Peterman or something? He's on the Browns now. Because what are they gonna uh what are the Cardinals gonna do now that basically it's just Sam Bradford?
1: Yeah, I mean they've gotta they gotta pick up some quarterback from like a max school or something in the draft. Right. They they have to. People are saying that they're gonna draft a quarterback. And like, yeah, they're not gonna have one of the premier. I think they're pick
0: like they're like pick twelve, so none of the good ones are gonna be left at that point. They're gonna be um, problematic ones.
1: Unless they unless they kind of luck their way into Lamar Jackson.
0: Oh wait, I forgot. They have Mike Glennon.
1: Oh, that's right. So, yeah. They got Mike Glennon. Are, are, are you gonna are you ready? We're going to have
0: two straight years where Mike Glennon will be starting We're games starting because g- Sam Bradford is I'm going not, to die. He's, he's going to die. We're going to see Mike Glennon quarterbacking a team in 2018 and I'm excited for this. I feel like I told
1: you this last year when it actually happened, but you you remember when Mike Glennon like played about a quarter of a good game and like the rest of the game he sucked. Yeah. As a Chicagoan, in that in that time, like I didn't know what to do when I was at a bar and people were like, "Yeah, Mike Lennon, man, he's got an arm. He's he's a hell of a quarterback." I was like, "I, you are the dumbest person in the world. You are so stupid."
0: I mean, he really I, stuck his neck out with that opinion. Ah,
1: there you go. We finally found the joke. It's been <laughs> this this entire. 7 minute intro has been building up to that joke and I I am so glad that you found it so we can be freed from talking about Drew Stanton, Mike Glennon, Nathan Peterman and Cody Kessler. Please. I'm,
0: I I'm just I'm actually looking at the Cardinals roster right now mm-hmm. just like things so they have sam bradford they have mike glennon Did they have so else? that's that's the quarterbacks they're entering 2018 okay, with at this okay. current state they may draft somebody no no other they like lost blaine gabbard i didn't realize yeah blaine left. yeah
1: yeah i i forget where he landed i kind of want to say he's on he the went, titans is now. he i i thought like he went back to the 49ers but like okay yeah let's no let's keep going down this and, and the the shuffle of of eternal backups that shouldn't really be backups but yeah so blaine gabbert is on the titans the flow on the titans now
0: this is pretty exciting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean now he, he's got to be fired up because now he gets to play the jaguars twice a year and you have to yeah. imagine he wants revenge the
1: revenge get oh my god if he starts dude if he starts against the jaguars i will fucking lose my goddamn shit long time listeners of the show will know that I have a strong affinity for Blaine Gabbert. I love him. Without him, I probably would not be on this podcast in all seriousness. Uh, The way that Dave and I met was for writing for this website, Kissing Susie Colbert. And the piece that got me, um, I guess, hired uh, to the site was a superhero story about Blaine Gabbert and uh, his alter ego superhero, uh, secret identity so i am i am always interested in where blaine gabbert goes i i also kind of this continues the trend and i i know this is gonna sound like i'm a, being a blaine gabbert apologist i'm not he is not a good quarterback he has also nev like never had a number one receiver and that continues i think on the titans
0: are you saying he didn't have Larry Fitzgerald last year?
1: Oh, well, yeah, but did he start? Like, did he? No, he yeah, because Palmer went a down. Yeah. Game last year, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. you're right, you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're yeah, right. You're he right. had the best button yeah. football. Yes, that's true, that's true, that's true.
0: Guess we're doing Sam is wrong early Yeah, this week, yeah, I,
1: I apologize. I will take this L, absolutely, for sure, for sure. Anyway, Blaine
0: Gabbert, quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. The Titans last year were basically the Jaguars' kryptonite. So true. adding Blaine Gabbert to that is actually kind of interesting in an extremely obscure, possibly mildly entertaining way. I feel like that, that is... may I, I, or may not pay off, probably won't, but we can dream.
1: I also feel like we're very much playing to our demographic here like the the only people that will be interested in a Blaine Gabbert uh Jaguars revenge game are probably listening to this podcast right now. So, you know, we're we're
0: hey, we're hey on take brand. it easy. Um I'm sure Blaine Gabbert's mom wouldn't mind seeing it. Well, yeah, but it won't be unless Blaine for Gabbert's the injury, mom right? listens to this podcast. Um in which case, hello. Um Dorothy Gabbert.
1: Dorothy, her name I is. I'm just gonna Dorothy. go with
0: that. I don't. I don't. I don't know if that actually is. Pardon me. While I name. Google Blaine, it seems right. Gabbert. Like, like if if you're gonna oh. name your kid Blaine, then you're probably you were so fucking rich, close. white. So you were so fucking you're probably close. probably like. Uh, well-to-do baby boomer. So, what are like well-to-do baby boomer names? Dave,
1: you were so close. You were so close, and I want you to guess until you get it.
0: Uh, Debbie. Uh,
1: okay. I'll I'll say this. You got the uh what you said, Dorothy. Yes. The last letter of the name was correct.
0: Wait, that's close. I got the Y correct.
1: It's it's a three-syllable name. That has it is it is assonant with Dorothy.
0: Uh, Kathy.
1: No, I'm just gonna give it to you. Blaine Gabbert's mom's name is Beverly Gabbert.
0: Oh, you were really close. Beverly Gabbert. Yeah. Oh, so it's another B. Yep. What's his dad's name? Is it like Bart? Please (laughs) tell me it's Bart.
1: I'm I'm looking up. Blaine Gabbert's dad. The real killer B is right there. Chuck Gabbert. Chuck oh
0: Chuck,
1: Chuck and Beverly Charmed. oh man Chuck, Chuck Beverly, and Beverly and Blaine shoot
0: hell That's yeah. some American family right there mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Chuck he he's a good farming man you know Beverly she she worked the uh the post down at the station you know she directed she was the the person who get called the secretary of whatever like and she met Chuck at um like a military bar he was like off the ship on shore leave and, you know he was shipping out the next day but he stuck around like he promised that he'd come back and she held out for him and he came back and they made are you, happy memories together you're, and made you're a wonderful literally
1: family. you you are you are describing the <laughs> the plot of the song by looking glass brandy you're a nice girl I'm sorry, uh oh fucking what what is it actually called? yeah, yeah, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Brandy parentheses you're a fine girl, except that the guy comes back at the end that's that's literally what you did, and that is now my canon for Blaine Gabbard's family is is brandy is actually Beverly Brandy, right. you're a fine girl is about I Beverly. I mean they Gabbard.
0: typically bend names in songs to avoid being too direct with who yeah talking about. any kind of lawsuit that, that's the song is probably about blaine gabbard's family and it probably always has been i mean we just didn't know until we put the pieces together right now the timing
1: checks out honestly that's yeah. that was what the late 70s early 80s if they met then blaine gabbard's what thirty, thirty-two. 32 how old is he
0: Blaine Gabbert. how old are you? Gabbert is. Oh my god, he might be in his thirties. Yeah, I, I
1: mean, he's in his. If he is, I'm, the Wikipedia page somehow does not
0: have his. Well, it should be easy if he was born before 1988. It doesn't he's have his date of birth on. Oh, oh no, there it is. No,
1: I'm sorry, he's 28. He's 28. He's
0: 28. So, okay. so the
1: song, the song came out in, you know, in the late 70s. He's our age, right? He is twenty-eight, born in nineteen eighty-nine. I mean, that math checks out.
0: This is my headcanon. Yep. This this is this is the backstory of the flow. Yep. Yep. We have decided it. All right, so let's go. Um, oh, 1972, off and, uh, That might have
1: been a little bit early. Anyway.
0: Let's 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 get to the real player with the real drama that's happening this week uh-huh. that everyone can't stop speculating about mm-hmm. about what could affect, like, how is it going to affect his team? Like, w- are they looking to rebuild? What's going on? And, of course, this is because Brock Osweiler is now a Dolphin.
1: Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And, and th- this is the thing, like, this is, you have to wonder whether this is how they were capping, because we were talking about this last uh, last week, right? With all the shit with uh, Jarvis Landry and Damakeng Su, and, like, what are they What are they trying to do in terms of like building up this new like Dolphins way and you know a podcast is an audio medium so you didn't see me do the air quotes with my fingers that I'm actually still doing right now but you have to imagine I'm doing the air quotes with my fingers. Uh, When you cut those players and like trade them away let them go and then you're bringing Brock Osweiler as this kind of cornerstone piece. So, you have to imagine that, like, what, or you have to ask yourself what the Dolphins are going for here, right?
0: Mediocrity.
1: Mediocrity and tallness is what I'm is what I'm. Complete
0: mediocrity. Look, here's here's the reasoning I see to hiring Brock Osweiler. He is obviously like the tallest person in the league. Mm -hmm. Now, if you followed the news, if you're at all. Environmentally conscious or anything like that, you realize that Miami is fucked thanks to global uh, climate change oh, and all that stuff. Oh, Miami shit. is going underwater, so they need to invest in players that can stay above the waterline. They will as the stadium sinks into the Atlantic. Well, otherwise- as Florida disappears, like you need a team of Brock Osweilers uh-huh. to continue to play at a high level pun intended
1: well because other otherwise you get hit with all those wrongful death suits right like mm-hmm. you have to you have to protect yourself in that way if you're a business like yeah it's morbid but holy shit i didn't even think about that
0: you can't like miami can't be hiring jarvis landry who i don't even know if he's six foot no like, you can't you you need you need Brocks. You is, need tall players because this is just where the league is going. This is where Miami is going. Miami. Miami is sinking into the water. They need people to stay on the level. In two two three years, Brock Osweiler, when he's on the field, will look the size of a regular player. But it's only because he's in water up to his knees.
1: Right. Yeah. This is why Russell Wilson will never play in Miami.
0: No. He'll never be good in Miami no. because he'll, be he'll go to Miami and the the Seahawks will constantly be getting called and delayed because they think there's only 10 men on the field uh-huh. but Russell Wilson yep. is on the field. Yep. He just can't see. They can't snap him the ball because the ball is floating on the surface because it's buoyant and Russell Wilson is heavy and stout mm-hmm. and compact so he's under the water. This like this is a big nobody's really talking about this future of the NFL. They're all worried about the rule changes and the safety. Like, no, this is a big deal. Miami is sinking into the water. They need taller players. Mm -hmm. And, I, I have to give the Dolphins props. I didn't realize what they were doing until now that they are definitely thinking far into the future. They are thinking so far ahead. They are playing 5D chess right now. Really? And yeah. And Rock Osweiler is the first piece of an amazing team that will dominate everyone in the future.
1: So are you are you confident in saying that in, like let's say, 2025, 2030, the Dolphins will be Super Bowl contenders?
0: They they will be because, I mean Jacksonville will also sink it to the water. Yeah. Yes. Um, Tampa Bay will also sink it to the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis, uh, New Orleans will no longer exist. Oh, New Orleans um, is going
1: to be gone probably before Houston. Any of those other Houston ones.
0: will be gone. Um, multiple other coastal cities uh new york will probably be gone so there may not be the jets one of their main rivals yeah so or at least the stadium there, that, cause point, that the stadium's closer yeah. i
1: believe to the to the shore than um than you know new york or like where they practice right
0: yeah and it's in swampland so basically right. the dolphins at this point will have a completely Unbeatable home field advantage because they yeah. will have a team. Yes. consisting of entirely very tall people and everyone who comes Will be in water up to their waist minimum, but because the Dolphins players are so tall They'll be able to mostly play at normal speed and the other players will simply have to be swimming and right. it just won't work out for them so they're right. gonna win every home game And because obviously the Jets might be screwed over, the Dolphins may also win the Jets game. And so really all the Dolphins have to do is win most of the remaining seven games on their schedule to gain um, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which Mm -hmm. brings all the teams into Miami, which means they're just going to win again. And at that point, it's just going to depend where the Super Bowl is played. And because uh-huh. Miami is a southern place where the weather is always good, there's a pretty decent chance the Super Bowl will be in Miami or at the very minimum, one of the other two Florida states. So this is like, this is a guaranteed Super Bowl in the the mid-2020s. It's climate like, change
1: money ball, really, is what they're doing. Yeah. Um And I, I can see how, like, we're, we're probably the first source to kind of break this story in this way right but i mean this will probably get around and there will be a lot of people i mean skip bayless stephen a smith those kind of hot takeologists are probably gonna argue about whether or not it's within the spirit of the game right where where you have where you have teams like green bay and in chicago and to a lesser extent atlanta um cities that are not necessarily coastal that don't have to prepare in this way when they come in and play miami one way or another they're going to be completely unprepared because they haven't had to prepare right um and i i personally kind of come down on the side of anything to win a game right it's not against the rules. I don't think it's against the spirit of the rules to draft a team of all people who are seven foot tall to eight feet tall. And I think that I think that anyone who is going like the Skip Bayless route of being like, oh, that's not real football. That's not how you play the game. I think they're being willfully uh, obstinate about the way the game evolves. People, people thought yes. when the forward pass was invented that that was incredibly radical and
0: and not in the spirit of the game.
1: I think this is just the next step. And the Dolphins mm-hmm. have beaten everyone else
0: to the punch. We This is an astonishingly forward-thinking move, and we have to give them credit because we know the Dolphins aren't going to be good next year. Right, yeah. Because Miami's still above ground, and they got rid of They got, their rid, of, their best got, they got rid of
1: all their good players and signed Brock Osweiler. So of course, this, they're not trying to is, win now.
0: This is a long-term plan. This is, they are thinking very long-term. So it's just a lot, it's very wise. It's a lot of credit. Um, I think maybe they watched the league before they made this move, because if you have watched the league, you'll know that there is a time and a place when dealing with football players to be a height supremacist. (laughs) Mm
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: This mm-hmm. is one of those times, and you might think that they're jumping the gun a little bit, but I don't think you could play too early. It's pretty obvious that Tom Brady's gonna play for like another five years yeah. and be annoyingly good that whole time. So why bother competing for the division when you can start stacking really tall players right now?
1: Well, because you know that that's gonna end, right? Like you, yeah. you can see, we are we are now on the tail end of that dynasty. No matter how how long you think Tom Brady has left in him, the Patriots dynasty is kind of, it is at the very least on a downswing, right? Yes. So if you see everyone else trying to build, like you see the 49ers putting together this, this kind of insane offense, you see the Rams doing this weird kind of West coast style uh, run first and, and have this, insanely scary d-line run
0: first run first and allow no one else to run ever again
1: yeah right exactly yeah you are the only people who I, run all the time
0: i can't believe they landed in domikin sue yeah me either that is that is a hell of a get mm-hmm. And domikin sue and aaron donald are now the interior rams defensive line well, and they're but, being coached by wade phillips
1: but but here's the thing dude who gave them domikin sue it was the dolphins and they knew what they were doing they were they were not like it wasn't just we will let you win now it was we will let you win in the next like two three five seven years we are now attempting to build a team of tall people to survive The changes that football will go through due to global warming. It is the longest con we have ever seen, probably in sports history.
0: I think as a palate cleanser to this, we need to bring up another Florida football team that is basically doing the opposite Mm -hmm. and not planning for the future at all, the underwater future, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shortly after we recorded last week... um, The biggest trade to recently happen was the Giants shipped JPP down to Tampa for a third, I think, and maybe something else. But this is incredibly foolish by the Buccaneers because not only is JPP basically on the downside of his career. He's he's over 30. Uh he can't really pass rush very well anymore. He's still a pretty decent run stopper, but yeah, he can't he, pass he didn't rush have anymore. Yeah, he a bad year last year, right? How is he going to fare when he has to swim when he has mm. only one flipper?
1: It's tough. It's really really tough, right? And and you got can't
0: tread water when you got a stump for one of your flippers. It's you can't do
1: mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. The best
0: he could do is try and do the float. But at that point, you could just be kind of pushed out of the way and run right past it. He's not tackling anybody if he's trying to just stay afloat. It's this, the Buccaneers are, There's. I mean, they're named for pirates. You'd think they'd be smarter than this, but they are not planning for the flood at all.
1: They could be banking on rule changes, allowing, allowing for some sort of swimming implements like you know those webbed gloves or or anything like that right to kind of help you can't rely on that but, kind of stuff yeah though. yeah i agree and, i agree and you
0: you can't i i just see in the future one if the nfl decides to approve floaties yeah they're like the, the there's gonna be such a large contingent of fans who leave because they're gonna just be like oh just put them in speedos yeah like
1: yeah just yeah.
0: just just make just give them pull cues so they don't actually hurt each other like mm-hmm. come so this is a balance I don't know if the NFL is ever gonna go far enough for the Buccaneers to be banking on this it's it's not forward thinking and enough
1: the, and the funny the funny thing is that there's an easy problem like there there's an easy solution to this problem that that i feel like you know in classic nfl fashion there the the league itself like the teams are trying to find their way around the problems that the league has created for itself right in these kind of roundabout ways like yeah the dolphins are going to sign a ton, a ton of tall players Why doesn't the league just make underwater football stadiums in awesome bubble domes? Like from SpongeBob in that one episode. From the Bubble Bowl. We know the technology's there, get Nickelodeon on the phone. SpongeBob did it. Why can't why can't the NFL? And then we wouldn't even have to talk about this. I mean of course of course this would kind of no pun intended, torpedo the Dolphins, right? That would kind of kind of sink their, their whole strategy there. Right now the dolphins
0: entire plan is to just be so far ahead of everyone else that by the time everyone else realizes what's happening, the dolphins are already winning. Yeah. I think that's their plan. It's, it's definitely a bold choice and they should be applauded for it. We don't know if it's going to work out, No, but this is, this is clearly their plan and I'm very excited to see what becomes of the league in the next several years. We'll have to when see... When the water starts creeping over all of our coastal cities.
1: We'll have to see how slow they play it this offseason, right? Because in order for this to work and for them to stay under the radar, this building process, both figuratively and literally, uh, has to be kind of slow, right? They can't They can't just like google like go to the ncaa friggin uh player stats page and and sort by height and just snag every tall person in the draft it'd be too obvious we we kind of have to keep our eye on them and see like what they choose to to build on in their plan now versus what they they save for later because as we've said they got some time to to put this kind of stuff together right so I'm. I'm very. They may end up well. going
0: for very sleek, rubbery players uh-huh, who have now. excellent mobility within restricted environments like water. Sure. You don't want a big hairy guy no. in water because, like, that's just going to weigh you down. You need someone who can slide through like it's just butter. You know. That's I think what you, you need. You need either height or slick.
1: Look for look for wingspan too. Look for wingspan too, because like wingspan and I like, I don't know if they keep track of this, but torso length, uh, look for, look for the qualities that people look for in Olympic swimmers, right? So like long arms, yeah, people talk about that on, on like Mel Kiper talks about that. And it is a great quality to have even when you're not playing underwater football.
0: And you want to keep an eye on any, uh, players coming out of college who have gills? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, absolutely. With the Shape of Water winning Best Picture at the Oscar, it's going like gill people are in right now. Yeah. Like everybody wants to have sex with fish people. Mm-hmm. So I know. I they're, this is their best chance to break into the NFL at a little bit easier level because they're going to be more sought after because everyone wants to fuck the fish.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I would also say, I would also say, keep an eye on the Dolphins mascot. Because if it starts looking a little bit too lifelike and it's wearing that jersey, I mean, watch for, watch for it to take the field. It'd be a bold move, but listen, ain't nothing in the rulebook says a Dolphin can't play football.
0: Ain't nothing in the rulebook. But they may change that they pretty may. soon. They may. This is a pretty good segue into the rule changes that the NFL has recently passed. So... This week, we, there's been some debate. There's been all kinds of kerfuffle over the past few years. The NFL has been taking positive steps in like the recent year to try and make the product a little bit better. So they passed a few basic rules. One big rule, which we'll get to last, but I just want to touch on the few smaller rules mm-hmm. that they're uh, changing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no more meaningless kicks or plays at the end of games that are automatically decided at the end. Oh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. So, like, this is basically in response to the Vikings-Stefan Diggs miracle play that was in the playoffs. Yeah. The the Vikings got the play. They got the walk-off touchdown. Um, There was literally no way the Saints could win at that point, but they still, by rule, had to force everybody to come back on the field so that they could kneel down or kick the extra point. The NFL is finally like... You know, that's stupid. Just let everyone play and like celebrate in the moment. If there's no possibility that a team can come back, then just let them have it. So that's a good rule change. It's yes. a minor rule change. It may only happen. It only may only come up like once a season, but that's a positive rule change. I there agree. is another rule change that um, the... NFL office in New York, the people who are watching in New York, like the referees and stuff like that, they can now eject players if the referees on the field do not eject players. So if the Mm -hmm. referees don't see Mm -hmm. something, but the people in New York do, the people in New York can now kick them out Big Brother style. We'll see if that comes into play at all this season.
1: I mean, it it, it feels like it will because I don't know if you're going to get to this one, but there's another rule change where any – contact that's initiated by the helmet is an automatic 15 yard penalty oh that's
0: that's the one i'm saving okay before that we are now going with the des caught it rule yeah yeah which has basically removed the really hyper specific wording of the catch rule and has basically turned it back into well if it fucking looks like a catch then (laughs) it's it's a a catch. catch yeah which I'm a little torn on. I'm going to admit, really, because on some sense, like I obviously, I think Dez caught it. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. like like. Well, and you're Dez a Giants James fan. A
1: Giants fan saying Dez caught it. I mean, what what more proof do you need?
0: I think if you watch that play, like the only way it looks like he doesn't catch it is if you watch it in super slow motion, so that the movement of the ball seems really. Drastic. But that's
1: such bullshit, right? Like I feel my my this is one of my like pretty super hot takes right i feel like if you're going to replay review on like a catch or something like that that's not like a penalty or some sort of safety issue a referee shouldn't be able to put that in slow motion right i don't think slow motion replays should exist because i feel like so
0: you're you're john gruden
1: kind of a little bit in this specific thing (laughs) Because, because I
0: kind of agree with you on this. Like, here's the reason I'm a little bit iffy on this. And it's because it kind of replaces one gray area with another gray yeah. area. Yeah. Like, one of the... Th- one of the Like, I studied a lot up on this catch rule. And there's a lot of people who hated the catch rule. Like, the one leading up to this one. Not the one they just passed. But what it was last year. And then it's... If you, you catch the ball and you gain possession, but you go to the ground... And you drop it or it shuffles around, then you maintain position. And the gray area was um, when you become the transition of being a runner to when you're just going to the ground. Because the big thing with, like, the Jesse James catch and the Des catch is they catch the ball, but they don't, like, become a runner. They get their feet down, Mm -hmm. but they don't really... I make a football move for a lack of a better description. They just kind of go to the ground, (coughs) excuse me. And the ball jostles loose a little bit. The, but the refs are defining that it's not a catch, but if you catch the ball, take like a step or like change directions or something like that, that counts as a catch. Like they needed that football move right in there for it to be a catch. And the gray area was, well, Dez came down and he never like explicitly like got his balance and then leapt forward. But he was still very much making a movement for the end zone consciously as he was bringing the ball down. So, and it barely jostled loose. Does that really count? So that's where the gray area was. And this has, I feel like this is going to it's going to cause about the same amount of controversial calls that the previous rule did for other reasons, because the gray area now is, well, will that be a, like, are they going to call all these cool catches consistently? Sure. And I don't, and there's no fumble, real, right. There's like, no, yeah. Like what's, when, when is it a fumble? When is it a loss of possession? One ref might see, uh, the guy go down and have it jostle. And he might think, that ref might see that as not a catch. Even in fast motion, he might see that as not a catch, whereas another ref might. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of consistency between the referees on this because there's no consistency as it is because the rule book is complicated. So I, did, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm all for cool shit being called accurately. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm just hesitant to see if this is actually going to be be called consistently or well i i I don't i don't have faith it's going to be called as well as it should and we're still going to have controversial well was that a catch problems
1: i agree with that i i think that at the very least this is better i mean yeah like it it, it's more it, it takes away the thing where it's like oh man that was so awesome and amazing and then you instantly your brain goes to well is it gonna count which I think was the goal, really, the only goal. I don't think the goal was to remove controversial calls. I think the goal was to remove that moment of, like, okay, is this going to come? There is
0: a significant problem right now where almost after every cool big yeah. play that in any game. Pretty much everyone now is programmed to immediately go, well, is there a flag? Yeah, is it going to count? Yeah. Nobody really gets fully excited anymore because flags are thrown willy-nilly, inconsistently. Everyone's constantly terrified that there's going to be a penalty. Like when Stefan Diggs made that catch and ran, the first thing I looked for was, well, is there a little yellow icon on the bottom of the screen because a flag was thrown for that's the first thing i immediately think when i see a cool ass play i'm like Mm -hmm. all right was that is that going to count yep and like it that's a problem that that's where my mind goes and i'm sure that's where a lot of fans minds immediately go they need to do something about that
1: this is i think this is help i mean obviously this doesn't solve that problem wholesale i think this is like chips away at it a little bit though so like i i don't know i'm not trying to applaud the nfl for this or for anything ever but at the same time you know i I, i'm a fan of it like i don't mind that the rule is a little bit subjective now i think what was the thing you just got to get two feet down and like be able to look up field I and think, not,
0: like, obviously lose the ball. And not
1: obviously lose the ball. I, I still think you can't, like, the grounds can't help you make the catch, right? So if you see the kind of thing where it's like, oh, it's kind of not even jostled loose, but it, like, you go to the ground, your hands are, like, above the ball, and you trap it. Like, that's not gonna, that's not gonna do it. But I... I I mean, I don't know obviously this will all be born borne out by like the way it's called in the season. My thing is like they addressed that but I, I have to I have to say before we get to the big like the big one that I already kind of ruined the reveal on so I'm sorry about that. um they didn't address something that I and a friend of the show Ray Rayberg. Find.
0: Yes, to be the they didn't address most, that rule for some reason. The
1: most infuriating and bad rule in football, which is the rule where if you fumble the ball out of the end zone, it is a touchback and the other team gains possession. It is nonsensical. I don't know why they do it. There is no. I. I mean. I have tried to do this before on the show. I try and be circumspect, right? Yes, I have hot takes or whatever, but I try and understand people who disagree with me. I cannot, personally, I cannot think of any any justification for you fumble the ball out of the end zone, it is a touchback, and not you fumble the ball out of the end zone and the offense retains possession when the runner lost control of the ball i i cannot think of a single reason please tweet at me if you have one i would love to hear it honestly i want to try to understand the but it what was the game this year that it kind of ruined there were like two right
0: there was a Jets game. It yeah. screwed over the Jets against the Patriots, I believe. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, the Jets were like gonna like challenge the Patriots. They could have gotten the win. And then no. I I don't get it. I don't get it. And so that's my quick rant. And again, like shout out to Ray. He is much more angry about this than I am. Uh, it, it's just not it's just not good, right? Like, I don't, I don't like it.
0: I don't like Let's it. Let's get all. to the big news and yes. the news that everyone is really mad about, which kind of makes me laugh. And the NFL instituted another new rule. This one is in the name of, um, I'm doing air quotes now, player safety.
1: Player safety.
0: The. No player is now allowed to lead with the crown of the helmet and make contact. So the crown, obviously the top, not like the forehead, but the top. Um, They passed a rule like two, three years ago where running backs are no longer allowed to do that. And like, it's so you can't like jam your neck because you're not Mm -hmm. actually looking where you're going. And it was never enforced I don't remember that penalty ever being called. I feel like they made that rule and everyone got up in arms about it and nothing ever came of it. And players still did it all the time, but they're clearly trying to deal with helmet leading hits and like spearing attacks. So now no player is essentially allowed to do it. And this is another one of those cases where it feels like maybe the spirit was in the right place, but I don't think this is going to matter at all. They they or, teach. They're either they're either going to call it too much, and it's going to make people mad.
1: Yeah, spoiler alert. Or not that's gonna, what's going to happen.
0: They're gonna they're gonna call it too much, and that's what's going to make people mad. Or they're not going to call it barely at all, uh-huh. and everyone will forget about it. Yeah. And then the penalty will come up at the worst possible time on a controversial moment. And piss a whole lot of people off. That's fair. That's fair. So it's, and this is one of those situations where one of the problems the NFL has with like these helmet to helmet hits and all these situations is football. We watch a lot of slow motion replays Mm -hmm. when we're watching broadcasts. And like John Gruden said earlier, like they kind of make everything look like a penalty and that sort of thing. But the problem is these players are not living in slow motion. They're not making these decisions in slow motion. If I'm a defender and I see a guy coming across the middle and he's going to get the ball, I have a split second to make a decision where to throw my body in anticipation of making the tackle or the hit. And that player may not go exactly the way I anticipate and I may end up hitting him with my helmet and then I get penalized. Your
1: body and may not you your body may not end up going the specific way that you predict it will go. Football right? like, goes
0: really really fast and it it's always felt like football like defenders especially are at a significant disadvantage completely. here because yeah. they're making these they're, a lot of them are making educated guesses on where to put themselves yeah. to stop the play and like offensive players are like tucking in like you, you get a receiver who catches the ball and he knows he's going to get hit so mm-hmm. he tucks in and, puts his and the down. defender hits him in the helmet but yeah. that may not be where the defender was aiming at all so it's it's, it's one of these things where the problem this not leading with the crown of the helmet feels like a band-aid To solve a gaping wound of a problem that is much, much deeper ingrained in the sport.
1: I would would argue it's not even a band-aid because if you watch these plays, right, what ends up happening because, okay, so what defensive backs are taught, as far as I'm aware, is you want to put your head into the chest of your opponent because that is the safest way In which to make a tackle that puts your arms like at or below the rib cage you are not hitting their head you are not going below the belt you're not like trying to like there's no real unless like something weird happens if you roll over them or something there's no risk of knee injury or ankle injury if you put your head into the chest of the opponent like they're wearing armor. They're literally wearing armor there. So like if you do that, you can get leverage on your opponent. You can make the tackle and both of you guys pop up as if nothing has happened. What ends up happening though is that because of these rule changes and not to like put the blame on on wide receivers or running backs or, or ball carriers or whatever, but like you put your head down and run. Right. That's the way you do it. So like you can't, I mean, you have to change. You have to change the entire way a tackle is performed in football to solve this problem.
0: Right. And that's, that's not going to happen. It's it's never going to happen. This feels like maybe like a gentle, like nudge reminder, like, hey, um, don't put your head all the way down. Look where you're going. Yeah, yeah, Which maybe. Is it's definitely something some football players need to learn how to do. You you stop spearing people. <laughs> you you <fuck> nuts. <laughs> uh, but this is I I don't think this. A lot of people are mad at this rule because oh put them in dresses. But I'm I'm not fond of this rule because I don't think it's going to help, and I think it's yeah. going to either be completely irrelevant and ignored or it's going to add flags and mm-hmm. just be inconsistently called and just irritate
1: people. The, the, the interesting thing and like Richard Sherman always has opinions about anything, right? But his opinions on these kinds of rule changes, I think are really salient because he's the person that makes those plays, right? All the time. That's his job. And yeah, he's not as good as it at it now as he once was, but it's still his job. What he was saying is that, like, obviously he's not a fan because it makes his job harder. But at the same time, what's going to end up happening is people are going to start tackling at the quadricep or at the knee because they don't want to get that leading with the crown penalty. And that's going to lead, I mean, maybe not to concussions and CTE, but it's going to lead to career-ending knee and ankle ligament injuries, right? So like how, I mean, Josh Norman, as he is wont to do, kind of exaggerated a bit and he's like, I literally don't know how you tackle someone now. But there's some, I don't know, there's some substance to that, I think, right? Like I it's tough.
0: Can you can you flying bicycle kick tackle someone?
1: Oh my god! Is that there be a dope. rule against can that? You, can you can hurricane roll? Can you Luke hang? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: I want to. I want to know if it's possible to Luke hang someone who's coming at you. Because if that's if that's like an Air Bud rule where there's nowhere that it says you can't do that, then why aren't more players Luke hanging the ball carrier? Yo, I will. That would. That would own so hard. I will say,
1: I will say, and this is, I I mean, I have no scientific evidence to back this up, but Luke hanging someone in the chest or face or just straight up, like, if you can't do the anti-gravity thing, drop kicking them in the chest, probably, on the whole, safer for the ball carrier than most like NFL-approved tackling methods. If you can put your how, feet,
0: how soon is it going to be before they restrict football players' ability to do like so much defensively that defensive players just straight up go for the ball tap oh my to God. stop oh the my player? God.
1: Oh jeez, oh, you, you, you can't want... you
0: can't go low to mess up the knees. You can't go high to mess up the head. You can't go like full body because of like too much contact, mm-hmm. but you got to bring it down somehow. Yeah, and you can't really wrap up, so you punch the balls. Yes, you just go straight for the nut shot because that's going to bring the player down every time. I'm
1: just like I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm like oh, oh yeah, put him in dr- like that's that's bullshit. And and football is a dangerous sport, and they need to fix it. But I, you have to. You have to wrestle with this issue in a real way. Not the... Not this... Like you were saying, a Band-Aid, but you're putting the Band-Aid on blood. So, like, right now the Band-Aid is already off of the wound and is now, like, on your, like, wrist where the wound was on your shoulder and it's just stuck to the blood and now it's starting to stick. Like, congeal there. It's fucking... It's ridiculous. And I... I mean, I don't I I'm fucking not smart enough to know how you fix it, other than like completely overhauling the way that you call a ball carrier down.
0: I I don't know how to fix it. I am curious how the internet is responding to this. Yeah. So just as a LARF, I went on a couple sites and read the comments because I hate myself. Good. Or I just pulled up a couple Very a good. couple that I felt signified um the most thing and my favorite one is JJ Football on profootballtalk.com says a oh dream scenario would be a new league starting up and my team joining that league cuz the NFL's going down the tubes so we're we're coming down to the last few minutes here so we're going to start going into lightning rounds yes, 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 yes. of other various bits of news that kind of happened this week um Nike Nike was extended contract wise mm-hmm. through 2028 so they got a 10 year Jesus. extension so we Christ. continued to get make keep making nike jokes for the foreseeable future i personally am very excited about that because i love dunking on nike i'm very excited for a few weeks from now when we get to find out what the titans new uniforms look like i hear the jags are changing some things up i hear the browns are unhappy with their current uniforms which they should be they suck so I'm looking forward to many more years of Nike jokes. I'm especially looking forward to seeing what they come up with for the Underwater League when everything yeah. is uh, sinking thanks to climate change. You, that's, anyway, that,
1: that'll pose a, a very, um, I guess, unique challenge to they Nike. Are, they're going to have
0: to come up with waterproof uniforms. Yeah,
1: Nike isn't really like known for making, like... Swimwear—they're not. I—they. I'm—they make trunks, right? They—they they make like swim trunks, but they're not known for performance swimwear. So it'll be—it'll be interesting to see how they kind of uh, make that transition.
0: Um, there's just I, we brought on it last week, but I wanted to bring it up again because fuck Deion Sanders. Uh, Deion Sanders last like we talked about a little mm-hmm. while ago, but he didn't know who Kevin Bayard of the Titans is, the All Pro safety. He um, didn't say anything after everyone called him out on being a dumbass about that. But he apparently went on a radio show this morning and said, If I haven't heard of you, what does that say? And he was referring to Harrison Smith and Kevin Bayard. If I haven't (laughs) heard of you, what does that say? I mean, um, I don't
1: think you want the answer to that question,
0: Dion. Uh, well, the person who said it is just like, it means you weren't paying attention. Uh,
1: right. That's the thing. That's, I was going to say it's a reflects on you. But here's the thing.
0: I, I forgive average Joe for not knowing who Harrison Smith and Kevin Bayard are. They don't get enough credit for how good they are. I was going to say- on, I... on a national media level. The problem is, Dion Sanders is national media. That is his job. It is his job mm-hmm. to be aware of all these players, to know these players, to make commentary on these players. And he doesn't fucking know who Harrison Smith is, one of the best safeties of the past several years. He doesn't know Kevin Byard. He, these players who went to the Pro Bowl yeah. and yeah. I were feel probably like you gotta- near him. This It's another example of Deion Sanders being completely unable to take the L and admit that he was wrong. And oh God, I fucking hate Deion Sanders.
1: It's an important life skill, is the thing. I don't know how far we went into that, like last week. But being able to take the L is a very important life skill. It wins you like, friends. Why is, how is it
0: Harrison Smith's fault that Deion Sanders doesn't has know what he heard? is? It's not due to his fucking play. No, his play is stellar. No. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. No, shut the fuck up, Dion. On, anyway, be better. Like,
1: uh, I, I, I won't even say, like, shut the fuck up. I'm just like, be better. Learn learn to take the L. Improve at, yourself. And no, at this point, person, I, right? I
0: have no faith in him being better. I just want yeah. him to go away. Eh, He's had all this time to become good. And he hasn't changed. He hasn't gotten any more humble. He's gotten, if anything, worse. So fuck off, Deion Sanders. If you're if you're so lazy, you can't pay attention to your own le- the league that you were in, like yeah, playing yeah. positions that you were pretty familiar with. Like, go jump off a goddamn bridge and make sure it's a like a high bridge, but not like too high a bridge, so that like. You break your bones, but you don't, like, die. Yeah, nothing Because I don't want to wish death on anyone. Yeah, no, I just no, no, wish no, no, a lot no, of pain. No, no. Just, just a lot of pain. So let's move on. Yes. I, I think we've made our point. Yes. Um, final bit of news is obviously uh, we, we've teased it the whole yeah. episode, but there are rumors that Odell Beckham Jr. is on the trading block. And that's um, all the
1: time we have for this week. see <laughs>
0: I want to take this moment to just say, um, no, he's not. This is, this is a situation where do not believe that do not expect him to be traded. Do not listen to any rumors or anything about this until something, until something actually happens. Because this more or less started from a report by the New York daily news, Pat Leonard, uh, the reporter for the New York daily news, who, if you're not, familiar with pat leonard or the new york daily news every team Mm -hmm. has their complete shit rag news uh publication with a complete hack writer who makes up stuff to get some attention that's pat leonard pat leonard is garbage he is total trash he do not he basically like all of this started basically with a little story he wrote about him possibly being on the trading block, which was basically him sort of taking a line from a quote from John Mara a little bit out of the context, which was basically, like, uh, Beckham, like, we came off a 3-13 and season, like, nobody's, like, untouchable, but we obviously are, like, aren't looking to trade him. Everyone's started to run with the fact that, like, nobody's untouchable. Mm-hmm. And, like, since then, like, almost everyone in the Giants organization has come through, like, no, we're not looking to trade him. It's just a situation where you always listen. It doesn't mean you're going to pick up. It doesn't mean you're going to actually accept it. But everyone's all fucking up in arms because OBJ is an automatic media circus. He's automatic hashtag content. Mm-hmm. So it. I just ignore the noise. It like, until something legitimately happens, just Ignore the noise, cause it's all a bunch of shit. And keep it. The Giants, keep, like there may be trade offers. The Giants are going to be asking unreasonable amounts for him. Yeah. No one's gonna pay that for essentially one year rental before they have to pay him mega bucks next year. Like, it's just ignore it. And if you see Pat Leonard trolling around on Twitter, call him a hack.
1: Uh, Speaking of still looking for sponsors. So New York Daily News, if you want to get at us uh, (laughs) At Sam Grazes on Twitter and Pat Leonard, we'd love to have you on the show
0: and see uh, what you've got. Yes Just ignore the noise. Yes. Beckham is automatic media content and anything with him should kind of just be ignored for the moment. Uh I'm I'm far more interested to see if there's any fallout from the snorting coke and eating yeah, pizza video. The Snapchat, that's, yeah. That's yep. that's far more interesting to me right now because I don't think there's anything worth worrying about uh in terms of trading. I think that's just we gotta have content. It's the off season, yep. free agency slowed down. Beckham makes news. Yep. Let's talk about him. His <laughs> antics. Whoa. Because right. we
1: don't want to be talking We're about Cory Corey Coleman. Or not not Corey Coleman. Uh fucking Drew Stanton and uh Cody Kessler all of the time. So yeah, what did what did and OBJ? Before
0: do? we go, before we go, uh we do have a Sam is wrong moment. I went back to my friend Sam's uh, Facebook page for the past week, and I tried to see if he did I something wrong. wrong, about wrong. Something? And what was I wrong he, about this week? He kind of did. Uh, he There was National Puppy Day last week. Yeah. And Sam shared a post on Facebook about National Puppy Day. Um, the post was an anime dog.
1: Yeah, so it was Ein. Ein a- from Cowboy Bebop. He's a little Corgo.
0: All the real puppies in the world and you share an anime puppy. It was a Sam, re- how can we tell you to fuck off? It was is
1: it was, first of all it was a repost. It was it was the equivalent of a retweet. I didn't make my it wasn't my own content. But you can follow me where I do make my own content on Twitter at samgrezeses, s a m g r e s z e s e s e s and on Twitch on Instagram at robotsfightingdinosaurs. Dave
0: you can follow me on Twitter at Draw play Dave. You can follow me on Facebook at the Drawplay Comic, on Patreon, on Instagram at Drawplay Dave, and of course, on thedrawplay.com. I'd like to send thank you out to all of the listeners, all of the patrons. Just thanks for tuning in every week. Uh, we, uh, we're excited to have you, and just, well, tell Sammy's wrong on Twitter and stuff. like that. That's the only thing I really have for you to do this time. We'll see you next week.